Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Alchemist, a podcast for creatives by a full-time creative. I am your host, Sulinette. You may call me Sulinette. If you are already a monthly supporter, thank you so much. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter and help me keep doing what I do, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash The Creative Alchemist. Thanks again. Hey, you. Most, if not all, of the special episodes you'll be listening to over the next several weeks will be me interviewing pals that have been storytellers in the past for my show, A Little Bit of Death. A Little Bit of Death is an annual storytelling show that centers BIPOC and queer voices around the themes of grief, letting go, and transformation. Storytellers share parts of themselves and their journey in a multitude of ways, and it's always a beautifully heavy night full of healing in a community space. This year, I was invited to present at a summit pertaining to the work I do with a little bit of death. Woohoo! So, I thought, who better to join me in speaking on it than the pals that have actually gone through the process? I reached out to some and asked if I could interview them on their experience with the show, what impact it had, what they shared, and why sharing these stories matter. Art is a form of storytelling. With their permission, I'm sharing the audio with you from those interviews that I'll be using for my presentation at the summit. One of the last episodes I had recorded before my latest break was about following and following through on your wild ideas. A Little Bit of Death was one of those wild ideas for me, and it's blossomed since the first show seven years ago. This year, it'll be held over two nights in Hartford, Connecticut at Carriage House Theater on the evenings of Friday, November 11th and Saturday, November 12th. I thought I'd drop these special episodes leading up to the show this year, and I hope you enjoy them, and obviously, join us at the show. Today you'll be hearing me chatting with Estef Sandoval, aka Estef, pronouns she, her, from Mug Oddities. Estef is originally from New Britain, Connecticut. Her work is inspired by horror films and special effects. It's pretty cool. Through sculpting and fabricating, she's focused on making one-of-a-kind mugs and other oddities that showcase her childhood obsessions, admiration for movies, and her Peruvian heritage. Her education in visual communications and advanced character design for special effects has allowed her to create pieces that tell a story and create a little magic. And now, a Steph. Alrighty, so first question, when did you first hear about A Little Bit of Death, and what were your initial thoughts about it? What did you think about it? So I didn't actually see the show, but I did meet you, Sulinette. Um, I met you because we had done, I had done vendorship for Rejects, and I met you, and I saw your poem reading, and I was like, oh my god, this human being, Jesus, she's just... <laughs> But um, I ended up meeting you and we, we became really good friends and you were like, hey, buddy, <laughs> um, would you like to do a thing? And I was like, a thing? You know, and, and you hit me up too, because I remember I was in my room laying, and I, I remember visually too, I was laying down, you were like, hey, it's going to be something different. And you were trying to explain the show to me. And I was like, I was just more excited because you asked me to, you invited me to be a part of something. So I was like, oh my God, she invited me what the hell am I going to talk about? Because <laughs> I was like, you know, I was in awe of the community at the time of the artists. And I was like, holy crap, people are so gifted. They have all these things. And like, so when you asked me, you kind of showed me like, hey, you're going to have to talk about like 
death but kind of not death. you're trying to like get rid of what you know you, you want to get rid of as far as healing was and I knew in my head what I wanted to heal from and that was um child abuse <clears throat> a lot of child abuse so I was like oh you want me to talk about my daddy issues <laughs> okay never really got asked that but I'm you know so pretty much I was like all right I got this when I hung up I was like what the what did I get myself into? I was like, I'm gonna talk in front of people. I don't do this in front of my mom, not even my dad. I'm gonna be talking to strangers. So, so yeah, so yeah, that's how you, I heard about a little bit of death. So talk to me about the process of you getting ready for the show. Um, I think by the time I had invited you, it was maybe a, a couple or a few months before before the show was, uh, like even announced or had happened. So what was preparation for that like for you? What were you feeling? Uh, what were you thinking before we got to the theater? I was extremely nervous because I knew, I know myself and I'm terrible with words. And of course, at that time I was comparing myself because like, you know, you do all your poems, you do all your, you know, your readings. And I'm like, I can't even rhyme. <laughs> I can't even remember my lyrics. So that's why I had a lot of pressure in my head. I was like, do I have to make it sound like a Dr. Seuss book? Like, like I have to do a haiku? Like, so for me, because I, I, I do like the idea of audio and singing and technology, I was like, you know what? I'm really good at recording myself audio-wise. Like, and I think I've introduced that to you with the phone conversation. So I started to record myself on the crappy little audio that the iPhone gave you. And I was just I kept just saying the things that I've been feeling that I've never, I'm not also not a writer and write things down. It's just memory process. So I kept doing like stories in my head and breaking it down of moments where, you know, they were periods of my childhood and kind of going through those moments where I felt like shit and I just didn't want to speak to anyone. Or I, it's kind of like, I, I kept thinking of the moments that things were life-changing and how I changed in each period. So that's how I kind of broke down the the poem so so basically just going on an audio and just speaking <laughs> what did you what did you imagine in your head that the night of was going to be like I was gonna faint <laughs> that's pretty much because I, I know me and I've thrown up I thought I was gonna puke I was gonna faint and I was gonna forget everything like everything I wrote like because I was in my head I thought I had to memorize it but you were like, no, you could bring your thing. And I was also like, what if I, I go blind and I can't read it too? <laughs> like, what if I slur my words? Like I lisp, like it's, it comes out. I was just like, oh man, this is gonna suck. I just thought of every single thing that could possibly go wrong, but <laughs> it didn't end up that way. So. <laughs> oh, I forgot you telling me all about that too. <laughs> Oh, man, it was, it was, my imagination goes crazy. <laughs> so what was, what was helpful, what was helpful for you leading up to the show uh, in terms of making you feel brave or more comfortable? What were the things in place um, or what things happened that, I don't know, like made you feel supported in sharing your story? You, uh, you, 100% you, because I think I texted you and called you and was like, hey, I made a change. <laughs> hey, how does this sound? <laughs> it was like, because I mean, that, that was the whole point. You were, you, you were the leader. So I was like, all right. And I, like I said, I looked up to you in the sense of 
this process that I've never been a part of. So I was like, you know, she's, she's guiding me. And you made me feel comfortable. You were like, it's okay. And of course me, I'm sarcastic. So I need a little sarcasm in life. So that really helped a lot. So I didn't want it to be so, like, I thought it was going to be like super serious, but you were just joking and making it comfortable. I was like, all right, I can breathe a little. I can untie the belt. I can, you know what I mean? So, and also the people that were a part of your group, even the day of, like, they were like, especially Journey. They, they helped me a lot. They were called the butter because they made everything sound so buttery and smooth. So, So Journey was definitely like the mama bear. You know what I mean? That, that kind of was like, you're going to be fine. It's okay. And I was like, okay. (laughs) so and and even the other ones like I saw that James was nervous you know uh Luke I think it was uh, I'm terrible with him so sorry (laughs) my memory loss but the one that beat beat uh I think it was Lucian Lucian was also very supportive because he was nervous I didn't even know he was going to do that either until the day of the actual rehearsal but yeah like the team the entire group was super supportive which was yeah why was it important for you to talk about the child abuse that you endured and the things that, that have happened to you growing up? Why did that matter for you to share that? At the time, I was, I was in a situationship with someone <laughs> that I think all the childhood stuff was coming into reality with my decision making, with things that were hurting me. I was hurting myself. like. I think because I didn't want to face the reality of what my childhood was doing to, you know, basically I was what, in my thirties? Um, you know, I was already adult, you know, the technical, I'm not, not gonna call it the adult because I still feel like a child, but I, I feel like the adult me was suffering from a lot of the things it was coming into reality. Like I was like, oh God, why is this happening? <laughs> so I think it was just facing the truth and my own red flags, like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to talk about this because I've been holding it in for about 30 years. Um, I, I, I think funny stuff is finally like, I want to cry. <laughs> so I, I've been funny stuff. Keep it funny. She's, she's the go-to girl. She's like the one that can make everyone laugh. But deep down, I was like, fuck, I'm really depressed. <laughs> so I apologize for the swearing, but yes, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely felt like I, I needed this for myself. Like I was, I was, I think also too, I was getting involved and in seeing other artists and seeing people be just so raw. And I was like, and I also couldn't find even my artistry. Like it took me a long time. I was just like, shit, I like, what is, what is an artist? Who am I as an artist? Like I couldn't find and identify as that. So I felt like this was my opportunity to kind of dig deeper. So <clears throat> If you can remember, um, what was it like for you being on the stage once you were finally there? And then what was it like for you once the lights went down when you were done? So what I remember about being on the stage was I couldn't see anyone, (laughs) which is lovely because that was the one thing I was nervous about was making eye contact and completely like losing all type of like just freezing. (laughs) I was like, oh man. Um, And also I think the one thing I remember too is shutting off funny stuff and saying, I don't want to be sarcastic anymore. 
I, I think going on that stage, it's like once that light came on, I was like, I was someone else. I'll be honest. I was like, it's not here stuff to make you laugh. It's stuff here to be completely like I literally was naked. That's what that's what I felt like um, when it came to after. If it, it felt like I was OK with still being naked, <laughs> like, I was like, all right. I'm gonna walk off and I'm gonna have my tetas out. Like this is, you know, this is just, this is lovely. Like I don't have to feel scared anymore. I'm like, fuck everyone. You know what I mean? So I really, really do feel like the the feeling after was just a like, a, like holy crap, I can breathe. Like I don't have to wear this this faha anymore. Could get rid of the faha. I don't need to. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can finally just be comfortable. And even too, as being a plus size girl, I was always uncomfortable just wearing this. I was okay. Even with my clothing, I was like, oh God, maybe this is too tight. No, didn't care one fucking bit. I was like, I don't care if the cheetos are sticking out. I don't care if there's lipstick on my teeth. I'm just, I did this shit. <laughs> I did what I was supposed to accomplish. And that was help me and heal. So. What reaction did you get from folks who heard what you shared? Oh, man. <laughs> that's the one thing I was just like, don't make me cry, audience members. <laughs> but there was this one lady who like grabbed my arm, which I all I, I tell this to um, some of my friends, too. I'm like, she just grabbed. She's like, I'm so happy you, you share that with us and what you went through. Uh, I she just she just was like this. She just grabbed her butt, I saw her heart. And I was just like, I get it. <laughs> don't go any further. You know, like I was like, thank you. You know, thank you very much. And it's kind of awkward for me to say you're welcome for me sharing, <laughs> you know, in my head, I'm like, sure, you know, my dad being the crap out of me, they, you're welcome, <laughs> you know, but, but in a way, I think, like I said, like, when I get awkward, I get funny, so I, I think at that moment, I was just like, you know, Steph, this was probably something that was relatable to some audience members that also went through it, because, you know, there were a lot of people of color there, and I know we all have traditional stuff, you know, especially being Hispanic, I always never could relate, because, I was like, you know, maybe I'm the only one that went through this, but there's a shit ton of people who have also experienced child abuse and other things where I kind of felt like more included, I guess. So I think that lady just alone, who's the only one I really honestly remember, just even to the touch, because I'm not a touchy person. I don't like people touching me, hugging me, unless you get permission, but I was okay with her touching me. And that was weird. That, that was one thing I did realize, so. Knowing that the show wasn't going to be recorded um, and that the show is uh, typically never recorded um, and that the intention is for the show to die every single year, um, did that make a difference for you um, in terms of performing and your comfort level with what you were sharing? Yes, 100%. I think it's because I've spent so many times so much of my life in the spotlight when it comes to like just in my family because of you know we were in a soccer business and you know I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a cocky person but you know in the Peruvian community my dad is very well known so we were in the newspaper we were here you know we were always like it was just uncomfortable my dad would always be in public talking this so this being not recorded was just like finally I'm like finally no proof no no one talking no nothing you just let it be you spoke you're done so that was definitely, it made me feel better knowing that, so. <clears throat> you said you felt a bit more comfortable uh, being naked uh, with the tetas out after <laughs> your performance at a little bit of death. Um, tell me more beyond that night, what was life like for you after a little bit of death? Did anything change for you? 
um, because of that process, because of what you shared um, after the show? Yes. Uh, as I said, that situation chip, it, I don't even talk about it anymore, which is lovely because that was a process of, of what I needed. I knew in my head when I, when I was healed, when that person wasn't even in my existence anymore, because I knew when I brought him up or this or that, that person was never brought up anymore. You know, unless, you know, if it was a comment or something like that, but I meant like always talking about it, talking about it. Like <clears throat> I noticed that changed. I also noticed that I started to make decisions without questioning so much, like taking me like two weeks, three weeks, I'd be like, shit, did I make it right? I tend, I tend to be more of like, not an assertive person when it comes, because I'm always, like you said, my imagination, it goes wild. So I'm like, but now I think I took steps in my life gradually during, after that performance. And I was like, Steph, you know, there's chapters that need to close in your life. You know, I was doing a business that really, I'm not saying it was the worst thing ever. It's called, you know, trial and error. So I was like, it helped me grow. Now it's time to go to the next chapter. Even in my love life, I was like, what do I deserve? How am I going to do this? So the show definitely helped me to kind of build priorities on myself. So that was something that was, I knew is something that I needed, so. <clears throat> so um, second to last question, which is gonna be, um, you spoke, you, you touched a little bit on this, but in terms of the, the show now has evolved into centering queer voices, centering BIPOC voices. Um, why do you think, or do you think that that's important to have a space like this pertaining to grief, pertaining to letting go, pertaining to transformation, specifically for those communities, for our communities? I think we, we need that as far as our communities because, and I'm only saying as far as me, the traditional way felt like it was the only way you could heal. Like, I think, especially someone like me, I didn't really like that way. And I feel like in our community, even the way you did it, it was so, it was such a different take on how to heal that I think it kind of gradually became something more um, to be able to identify with. So I feel like in our community, you have a lot of us who have a cesspool of different trauma that it was nice to kind of have something where okay, this one got this, this one is, but we were able to come together and heal, even with these different experiences and, and traumatic things that have happened. But I think it was, it's good to have a different way of healing and not just the traditional. And, I, and I'm not bagging on therapy because it took me a long time to accept it. But these tiny things of creativity for therapy are so needed because not everyone's going to want to do that route. It, you should, we should have options to do things to help us heal. So I, I love that this was so uniquely done <clears throat> and also to be able to just kind of have a good community like the community we have is just you know it's so little sometimes but then becomes so massive when you start to share it to other to other people so <clears throat> that reminded me of another question that i had so i lied about it being the second to last question. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> um you were an audience member in the most recent a little bit of death um, talk to me about what that was like for you and how, um, I don't know, I guess like kind of how it felt to see folks on stage who went through a similar process as you um, and what you were feeling about what it is that you heard from them. You know, and I don't want it to sound so cliche, but welcome to the trauma club. Like that's how I felt. Like I was like, it's like here, 
here's the VIP pass, come, we've got snacks. You know what I mean? Like it felt sort of like when you saw it, but a little bit of death made me an emotional wreck because now I feel everything. So especially when it's someone that has, has is doing what you did, you just tend to kind of like pull them closer. So when I'm watching it, I want to be like so involved. Like I'm like, shut up, no one talk to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I want to listen. That, that's the whole point of it because, you know, it, for me, I, I couldn't relate more to a lot of the experiences that were happening from the recent show. There were some minor ones, but my boyfriend related more because it was, it made me more sad because I was trying to understand how much he was holding in. I was like, oh God, I didn't even know there was so much trauma in my boyfriend. You know what I mean? So I love that he was able to cry in public and see that and see what these new people did and and kind of like hit a nerve you know what I mean I, and I like I said it, it's always so beautiful to see someone just be raw and you're just like this takes a lot because you feel it you know you're just <laughs> over there it's coming it's coming it's gonna hit you I'm good and, and I, I cried through the whole show because I know how hard it was rehearsal rehearsal was it's not the day of the, the moment. It's the rehearsal <laughs> that kills me. Because, you know, it's just a rough drive. And also we're doing it in front of you and you're just kind of like, all right, ready? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> so at least you get that moment to release it there because you're you're kind of like, okay, I did it. I did have the rehearsal. I can do it at the day of. So like, yes, I, I, I think I related. I, I really did feel like I'm able to relate to the person to people more because of that this experience so it's, it's nice to see someone join the club <laughs> so lastly um uh, i just kind of want to give this space to you in terms of if there's anything else that you want to share that you want to say if there's something i didn't ask you that you wanted to say or share about a little bit of depth um here is your space this is your space to say it oh boy um I think one thing about this show that I, I have to give a lot of credit to is opening up my realm of finding me as an artist. It's taken me about 30 years to know what the hell I'm doing with the gifts, you know, the, the gifts that I'm given. I believe also too, it's the experiences and the moments too, but this definitely was like, you could do whatever the hell you want. You know what I mean? Like you have all these things that you do, share them share them, have fun, enjoy it. So I, I feel like this this will be your opportunity once you do this. It will open so many doors internally that you just will, you know, like I said, it's like a meditation for me. I don't really like meditating, but this, just speaking, like, oh, I love to speak, but in private, <laughs> not in person, not in public, but like I said, if, if, you, if you do this show, you'll definitely feel, um, a part of you kind of die and kind of have a growth and also face some realities. But yeah, that that's definitely a big thing that I want to share if anyone wants to do this. Help yourself heal and be okay with all your insecurities, all your trauma, all the stuff. Things, things will get better. I promise you. What a good way to end that off. Things will get better. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. You're welcome. <laughs> Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sulinette. 
You can check out the rest of my life at sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E punto com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and support it with a monthly subscription by clicking on this episode's description or by visiting anchor.fm slash thecreativealchemist. Thank you to our current supporters. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.